Welcome to today's online message from Long Eaton Oasis Christian Centre. We are a church at the heart of the community, with a heart for the community. And we're so glad that you've joined us. We hope that you'll be inspired and encouraged today. Please don't hesitate to contact us. If you want to find out more, you can visit our website, www.longeatonoasis.co.uk, or you can direct message us. So I'm going to take a moment or two this morning. We're continuing in a series that we're looking at called The Heart of Worship. This morning I'm going to look at the theme of they sang a new song and it's in Revelation. You might like to turn to it, the book of Revelation, and it's in Revelation chapter 5. So I'll let you turn to that or scroll up on your screen or rustle the pages of your Bible as you're turning to it right now. And uh, so the theme here is they sang a new song. This is a theme that I've shared with, uh, within the life and confines of our worship team. I've probably shared this with um, a group of uh, leaders in the life of church and life group leaders. And I want to share it wider. I've looked at this in the past, but it's in following in the theme of worship being a matter of the heart. And uh, that's where we're going to go in the next few moments. Revelation chapter 5, verse 6 is where I'm going to pick up the account, okay? So Revelation 5 and verse 6, it says, Then I saw a lamb, looking as if he had been slain, standing in the centre of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and their elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent into all of the earth. He came and took the scroll from my right hand, from the right hand of him, rather, who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that beautiful? Our prayers count. Oh, it's another story. I would love to share that one today. But, we, but that's, that, well, that's worship as well, isn't it? And then it goes on in verse 9. They sang a new song. That's what I'm going to pick up on today. And this is the song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom of priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands, and 10,000 times 10,000. This is descriptive language. can't be counted. It's just a myriad. It's so big. It's so vast. It's so wondrous. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders in a loud voice, and they sang, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honour and glory and praise. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth. This was a thunderous, this would have been, this is awesome. This is amazing. This is what he hears. And under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them singing to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honour and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said amen. 
And the elders fell down and worshipped. They're always falling down, but they fell down again. They fell down in worship before the living God and King Jesus and the Lamb who was slain. This is a revelation. Um, the revelation, the word of revelation, apocalypsis, means appear behind the curtain. The thing is, I need to take my glasses off to see you. But I need to take my glasses on to see that. But um, to, to revelation means to see behind the curtain, uh, to be revealed. And now you can see. So there, there's, a, there's something that we can't see, and the curtain is pulled back so that you can now see truly. And that's apocalypsis. It means to reveal, revelation. Hence the book of Revelation is where John sees behind and sees, wow, what life is really all about as he sees King Jesus. And that's very important. It's not just about the end times. The book of Revelation has a lot to say about what is yet to be revealed in this world and with our world, but it's so, it's vast, it's bigger than that, it's part of that. And this is by uh, written, uh, revealed to a man called John, the Apostle John. It's written uh, by John, and uh, he's one of the apostles, and he's on the island of Patmos. Patmos, you can still go there today, it's in the Aegean Sea. It's not the best of islands, it's a bit bit ropey, really. It's not where I take my holiday. Thinking that John's on the Isle of Patmos in the Aegean. It's a Greek island just off the coast of Turkey. You think, well, I'll go to Rhodes or wherever. It's Crete, Aegean island. Patmos was a bit of a dust bowl, a bit rugged. It's a place that you were sent to be banished. And so John is on the island of Patmos in the Aegean Sea. He's banished. He's probably in his late 80s or in his 80s. He's lived a great life, lived for God, but his best is yet to come. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, we can, be, we can be in that stage of our lives. Why am I pointing as if it's going down? But, you know, I mean, we're at that stage in our lives. We can be in our, the later stage of our lives, and yet the best can come when Jesus reveals himself in a fresh way to John. It's incredible. And so he's on the island of Patmos, and he has this revelation, and he sees King Jesus. Now, he's banished. He's been sent there as a punishment it's round about 94, 95 AD. There's a lot of... So something like maybe, you know, I don't know, 57, 60 years after Jesus, give or takes a number of years. Is it? But after the death and resurrection of Jesus. And he's lived a great life, but it's coming. he knows his life is coming to the latter part of his life, but he has this amazing revelation. He's been banished. He's under, it's at a time when the, the Roman world was beginning to ramp up its persecution. In the early days of Christianity, Christianity was left to get on with itself. And many Christians, we read in Paul's writing in Romans, to pray for those in authority. So Christians were considered to be quite loyal people. But as the years were going by, because Christians wouldn't submit to the emperor to worship the emperor as a god, they became targeted as being subversive. And so um, persecution is beginning to to stir in the Roman world. Another, another 50 to 100 years, it would be systematic worldwide persecution. But it's beginning to stir. And this is why John is being banished and persecution is stirring. And John has a revelation in the midst of a lot of trouble that's coming his way and in the, in the Christian world. He has a revelation for seven churches on the coast of uh, uh, Asia Minor and the coast of Turkey. And he's on the island of Patmos and he sees King, he sees Jesus in all the chaos that's beginning to unfold and the, the chaos in his own life. Jesus shows him that he is not just, the emperor isn't just king of the, the whole world, but Jesus is the lamb who was slain, who is King Jesus of the whole universe. And he has a wondrous vision of Jesus in the midst of his church who was struggling and in the midst of his life. 
And he sees King and it's revealed to him. That's what Revelation is about in its context. And it shows future events as well, but it's not just about those future events. It's a beautiful book. It's an amazing book. It's quite challenging. But if you read it only as future events, you've missed some of the beauty of the book. And it's a book on worship. It's a book on worship. Worship in heaven that thrills the heart here on earth of what is yet to come, which I may know here now. It's incredible. And so there is this amazing, wondrous revelation. It's a wonderful revelation of Jesus and uh, where he, he worships the Lamb. And, and so in the first few chapters, you had this amazing revelation of Jesus who is in control, the king of the universe. It then goes to the seven churches and encouraging those churches to, to come back again and again that Jesus is in the midst. His, his lamp is in the midst is in, in the, those churches. And then in Revelation 4, 5, the curtain opens and he sees into the spiritual realm. He sees heaven, the heavenlies. And he sees worship as it is with the whole universe and all of the angels on heaven and earth and all of the earth and all of the universe worshipping. He sees the final culmination of all things. It's incredible. It's wondrous. And this is what he sees. And so then from Revelation 4 onwards, we see worship. We see the spiritual realm. We see that which is yet to come. We see the rule of God, the wonderful King Jesus, as in who he really is. And hence the curtains are opened. And so I pick up just a little, we're just going to just land for a moment, just a little section as on this wondrous place of worship. And in Revelation chapter 5, John sees this beautiful place, this, this awe-inspiring worship of God and the Lamb who's on the throne, Jesus. And multitudes that can't be counted, thousands times 10,000, it means it's uncountable. Statistics, couldn't, couldn't you be there forever? He sees eternity. I, I, how can you see that? I don't know. But he does. That's what he sees, right? And, and the beauty of it. And then he, see, and then he says this. And, in the, in the, in this, and it's worship, worshipping. Everyone is worshipping. We see God and Jesus as he is, for who he is. And we are who we are as we are and as we should be before God, our maker. Here on earth, we're, we're not as we, we are who we are, but we're not as we should be. We're still in the now and yet, not yet. When we see him face to face, then we, then we shall be as we truly are. I know that's a bit of a tongue twister, but that, we're, we're, not in, we're in that which is perfect when it fully comes. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians. And so he says, he sees this snippet and he says, and they sang a new song. It's in verse 9. Do you see it there, the phrase? They sang a new song. There's this beautiful picture of abandoned worship. They sang a new song. Now, a commentator by the name of Leon Morris, he's an evangelical, charismatic writer, a Greek scholar who's written New Testament theology, commentaries on John, 1 Corinthians, and Luke. Brilliant writer, modern, a modern a modern-day writer, absolutely fantastic scholar, he said this. He picked up on the word new, the new song, and he said this. The new song is fresh rather than recent. remember reading this, and it struck a chord to my heart. He says, when it says, and they sang a new song, it was a fresh song rather than a recent song. So it wasn't the latest song. I love singing, and I love the songs that we sing. And I always like to sing new songs. Absolutely. But this wasn't a new song as in uh, a new one released. 
This might have been an old song, but it was fresh. It could have been a new song, but it was, but since the word fresh, it's a fresh song. Uh, another commentator and writer said it, they sang a song of fresh experience. Because here they were before the Lamb, seeing him as he truly is, for all that he is, and as I truly am, in perfection. It was wondrous. A song of fresh experience. I think heaven is going to be just always fresh. Can't picture that, can you? Because I don't know about you, I get a bit stale. You and I as Christians can get a bit stale. But to be always fresh, to be fresh. And it, the, 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 so, so it's bringing my heart that my worship of God and my life in God is fresh. That's the new song. That's what it's describing there, is they sang a new song. You know, some of you today, I feel, perhaps it could be that some of us today, we need to find a new song. Some of us need to rediscover our song. Your life is a song. Remember, your life is worship. We've talked about this a few weeks ago. So we're, we're, we're on a journey. A lot of what I say will overlap with the week before. But your life is a song before God. As we live our lives, we're giving our lives as worship. Paul says this in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And so your life is a song. As we give, give our hearts, and we're talking about our hearts, and heart, worship is heart, and, and the heart is our life, and we give our whole lives to God, then your life lived before God, it sings a song. I don't know what my song is like. I don't, you know, what's your song like before God? What's it like? Is it, is it the Frank Sinatra? My way. I did it my way. That's, that's, that's a bit like Louis Armstrong, isn't it? Gravel, old gravel voice. But, uh, you know, what is your song this morning? And is it fresh? Your worship, your life. I'm asking that of myself. When I say you, I mean me as well. All of us together. What is are we, are we of fresh experience, a fresh encounter, a new day in God? And so for some of us today, there is a need to find our song, to find your song, to reinvigorate your song, to renew your song, your life, your worship, your walk in God, your, your devotion, your, your service. Your, as Tim was leading us, our sacrifice, that's our worship before God today. And as I said earlier, we, are, we can be in danger of getting stale I don't know about you, but I know that. I have my good days, my bad days. I have my, my off days. I have an off week. And we can get stale. If we don't do something, if, if, if we're left stale, we, we end up, can rot a bit. And our Christian walk can, can, can move away. And our hearts can be far away from God. Um, but using the metaphor of, of fresh, you know, we, we, if, if, if we get, if we, you know, we all have an off day. That, that's, we have a day where we feel a bit off key. Our song's a bit off-key. Another metaphor, isn't it? Or going back to, we're not so fresh today. I get that. that. Life is like that. And we're not talking about perfection. We'll be perfect, we'll be perfect when we see Jesus face to face. But this is our walk. But it's, it's being aware that I can get stale and, and coming back to God and saying, this is my life so I can be refreshed and be fresh and walk in a, with a fresh song. And they sang a new song. It's an amazing song because it's a song of fresh revelation, a song filled with awe and wonder. You are worthy to take the scroll. They see something about Jesus. You're worthy. You're the lamb who was slain. You're the one who takes away the sins of the world. It's by your grace and your sacrifice. How amazing. You're worthy. You're worthy. And they all fall down. 
You've released and all glory and honour and power is to you. And they all fall down again. Worthy, new, fresh encounter. And when we receive that fresh encounter, we, we are filled with awe and wonder. When was the last time you felt that you, you know, and it's not like this every day, and I get that, but he's wonderful. This walk is wondrous, filled with a sense of wonder. You've only got to look at a little child. We've looked at this as a church who picks up, uh, I, I remember our grandson Luca, when uh, well, I was walking with him and he'd be about 18 months, two years old probably, going, wow! I won't say the full story, what he said after that. He said something else as well. What is this? But he said, wow! And it was, whether it was a ladybird or whatever it was, but it was amazed with wonder. Jesus said, the kingdom of God, we've got to receive like a child. That wonder, that fresh life, that heart walk. And that's what it's saying here. And uh, this is where... And now there's a, so as I said, there's a danger of becoming stale and rotten. In Exodus chapter 16, there's a story in Exodus chapter 16. We're not going to go into it now. But for you to refer to it, because what I say, you need to check it out. But in Exodus 16, there's a story about the Israelite people came out of Egypt. Then they ran out of food in the desert, desert wilderness experience. And God gave them... Food from heaven. It's called manna. They call it the bread of heaven. What is the manna? Well, there's a lot of debate on what manna was, but it left like a residue, like a dew on the foliage. And then when the dew dried, it was like husks. When they collect the husks, they could grind it into a powder to make like a bread. That's the manna. And so God, you know, from, this was a miracle that came from heaven. You read it in the account in Exodus chapter 16. It's in the Old Testament. And uh, God said this to them. This manna... You can't store it. You've got to come out and collect it every day. Only on the Sabbath, the day of rest, can it be stored. If you store it and you don't collect it every day, it will go stale and rot. What did people do? They thought, we'll do a fast one. We won't have to work the next day. We'll store it. <laughs> collect it, store it, and it rotted exactly what it did. Only on the Sabbath day, on the day of rest, was it, when, we did no, when they did no work, was it able to be stored and God miraculously uh, prevailed that it kept fresh. What's the, the story? And they did the same thing with quail, birds that fell, which was meat. And the same principle applied. The principle of coming daily. There is a principle, therefore, of coming daily. It's in the Old Testament about staying fresh. They collected the manna. It was fresh if they came each day. When they stored it, on the, uh, it, it went stale and it rotted. There's something to be said about our Christian walk and our Christian life. There's a principle of the, the man, the, the, of, being, of our song, of being fresh. They sang a fresh song of experience, a new song. If, if, so there's something about daily coming before God. And for some of us, we may be singing a bit off key now. We may have got a bit stale and we've got to come again. A fresh song comes out of daily devotion. And speak to my own heart and life. A fresh song comes out of daily devotion before God. And uh, that's what I want to just take a few moments to. So, so we've set the scene, and uh, just for the next um, few moments, there's the, practically how do we stay fresh then? Okay. So, so, so I'm going to just share a few practical things. They're not going to come up on screen today. So, uh, you know, take note. You can listen to it again a bit later. I, I, I will often go go to a conference, listen to a speaker, and then catch up and listen again. And it seems to sink in better the second time. So. Uh, it's an encouragement. But anyway, so a fresh song comes from daily devotion. So let, let me just say um, that three things I would, I would su suggest. Um, repentance, revelation, and realization. That's called the use of alliteration it's to help us remember. Repentance, 
Revelation, realization, repentance. Um, there's a coming in our hearts and life. If we're going to stay fresh, if we're going to come in, in with a sense of new devotion so that, so that our song is fresh, our worship, our life is fresh, there needs to be a sense of repentance in our hearts. Okay, I know I become a, I give my, I repent. To repent means I turn my life around. I won't live for myself. I want to live for you, Lord. I've been doing all this stuff. Forgot about you, Lord. Forgive me. I want to live for you. You do a U-turn. So repentant means to, to change your mind and heart in such a way that you do a U-turn to follow God and give God your heart and life. And that realisation of repentance, it's a, it's a daily thing. There's a daily thing. And for me, it's, 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 as I say, in the shower, in the morning, saying, Lord, I love you. you know, today, my life. Oh, for, forgive me if I've walked. And there's something, it's, it's, for me, it's a bit of a cycle. It's a bit of a, a rhythm. And so there's repentance. So this is what I'm saying. And so repentance is about surrender, surrendering of the heart, surrendering of the life. And, and this is something that has a rhythm to it, has a, has a, has a repetition. Um, drumbeat is a, re, a, a repetition, isn't it? Well, I can't do a drumbeat. I've got no beat in me at all. So. But, uh, but there, there is a, 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 there's a rhythm. There's, there's something life-giving rhythm. I've talked about that. Can't go into that anymore. But listen to that another time in, in a few weeks back. But so we come with surrender, repentance. Second thing is revelation. When we come with surrender and there's repentance, an amazing thing happens. God reveals himself. And this is what Jesus did with John. Showed him a fresh vision. No wonder. Jesus showed himself anew. And I don't know about you, but I've been a Christian um, a long time. Gosh, it's a long time. It's getting long as the years go by. I look by now. I'm having to put my glasses on. Teeth. Remember, no, I can't read it because I've got it written in front of me. But just to, it's it's like something like uh, forty years, nearly a Christian, and yet there's something fresh every day. God is new, new every morning. Great is His faithfulness. It's in the Old Testament. It's amazing. We haven't made it. We haven't arrived yet. We're on a journey and he reveals and renews and comes again and restores and heals. And what didn't work yesterday could work today or will tomorrow. God does fresh things, new things. He does old things and, and renews those things. God is a living God and calls. And so a revelation comes. Maybe something that you knew just jumps out the page. Get, you turn the corner in your life. Revelation. God reveals, shows himself afresh to you and I there's so much more. There's so much more in God. There's so much more. And he wants more of me. And so when people say, I want more of you, Lord, God wants more of you. So, so surrender gives me, gives me more of me to him. And when I surrender with, through repentance, you find you have more of him. He reveals. Isn't that amazing? The more I give myself to him, the more he gives himself to me. But we say, I want more, more, more of you, Lord. But we're standing back here. We take a step and say, I surrender, repentance. Then when that, that we do that, he comes with revelation and opens up and shows himself in his love and his heart. And, 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 that's, and thirdly, it leads to this, realisation. Repentance, revelation, leads to realisation. Realisation is not that I just get it. Oh, I realise that now. It's in my head. But it's the realisation, the knowing in the heart. It's a, it's a full, it's experiential in that respect as well. It's an encounter with the living Jesus I realize it's fully, you become fully realized. And so that's the head and the heart. And so 
a fresh song comes from daily devotion. Through repentance comes revelation and then encounter a realization. Now, let me close with this. So, so those three, three other things. So there's three things that I would say is a rhythm. And there must be a rhythm of that in your life. A sense of repentance, walking and surrender, of opening a heart where, there be rev- where Jesus reveals himself afresh to us, where there comes this head and heart ex- knowledge and experience of his forgiveness, his healing, his love, uh, which comes as a walk. And, and that comes then out of our lives in worship. It comes out of our lives in worship. Now, and with us are close. Uh, these, so that's three things. Repentance, revelation, realization. I'm going to suggest three other things to, to, to build a rhythm uh, of worship that sort of flesh out repentance, revelation, and realization. So three, three things. And uh, I've sort of touched upon them in the past, but I'm going to touch upon them again because they will overlap again and again and again in our walk and our walk and our life with God. And the three things to build a rhythm of worship, building, building on repentance, revelation, realization, is, is um, I would say, number one, conversational prayer. A rhythm. Daily. Daily bread. Uh, conversational prayer is, 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 it isn't just... It's not when we're just here and you, you, you kneel and, and you're on your knees and, and it's, oh God, you know, this day, uh, you know, uh, give, give me this and do. It's, it's, it's a conversation. It's not irreverent. Jesus is closer. He's, he's like a, closer to us than ever. And he wants to relate to us. And so it's, it's not flippant. And, but this, this is where it feels a bit weird because we're not so used to speaking with God and talking with God. I love you, Lord. Waiting to hear what he has to say back. When I first became a Christian, there was a lovely couple who discipled me. They befriended me, but that was discipling me. They befriended me. And uh, they had a young family. And uh, Rosemary um, used to talk to Jesus while she was doing the washing up. She had a very busy lifestyle. She worked, she worked as well as uh, looked after family, and her husband worked and looked after family. And she would, I remember years ago, her saying, I just talked to Jesus. I said, what? <laughs> while I'm washing up. What? Conversational prayer. Brother Lawrence did this. A guy called Brother Lawrence, a Carmelite monk, wrote a book called Practicing the Presence of God, where he said he was closer to God peeling the potatoes as he talked to him and washing up than than him doing the prayers and the set prayers. He wasn't knocking the set prayers. He was just saying he conversed with God. It's a beautiful book. It's out for free. You can, it's, 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 it's the letters of Brother Lawrence. Who's, I've talked about this a lot. It transformed, for me, conversational prayer. Um, it's a great book on devotion. But uh, talking, so, so, and relying on the Holy Spirit. So, so conversing, speaking, you know, in your day, in your walk, there will be a moment in the shower, but when I'm driving the car, Jesus, today. And the more you do that, the more you'll get used to that. At first, it feels a bit... What? It's church. It's when I read the Bible. It's you know, when I kneel down and put my hands together and, uh, at night before I go to bed. But the more you do that, the more it becomes normal and beautiful. I do that when I'm, if, if I'm walking, if and when. I don't always walk. Maggie, our dog Maggie, and I'm walking on West Park, walking around the park. And I will, oh, thank, thank God, thank Jesus, talk. And it's, it's, it's beautiful. It's amazing. The more you practice conversational style, and opening your heart and rely and say, Holy Spirit, refresh, bring Jesus, the living Jesus to me. The more, you, 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 it won't feel weird. It, it's beautiful, it's a conversation. So conversational prayer. Second, second thing I'd say is this, is um, the word of God. Read and reflect on the word of God. 
the Old and New Testament. Do you know, I've said this so many times, and forgive me. No, 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 don't forgive me. I'm going to say it all the time. The New Testament, you can read the New Testament in a year, one chapter a day. 260 chapters in the New Testament. In fact, you can read it in less than a year, the entire New Testament. It's amazing, isn't it? The entire New Testament in a year, just one chapter a day. If you try and read the whole Bible in a year, you've got Old, New Testament, loads of, loads of chapters. Uh, I, I, anyone that does that, I think, well, well done you. That's, that's pretty incredible. But try and read the New Testament in a year and reflect upon it and think. Jesus will jump out of the page. It's a testimony to Jesus. It's not just about church and life and what you've got to do, but there's lots you can learn. But Jesus will jump out of the page. It's an amazing thing. And I set my heart to do that and have done that. I, I, try and read the, I try and read the whole Bible, then the New Testament, and the whole Bible, then the New Testament. I come back again and again across the year, across the year. I read it chronologically. I'm doing the chronological entire Bible at the moment. And that's looking at the Bible as the way it would have been written in its historical chronological order. It's, it's amazing and it's very beautiful. So look, so uh, pray. And then the third thing I'd say is this. So conversational prayer, relying and being open in heart to the Holy Spirit. You know, come to the word of God and reflect upon it and say, God, speak. Here I am, I'm listening. And you find you'll be changed on the inside. And finally, be sharpened by others. We read in the word of God, iron sharpens iron. You know when people get together, <laughs> sparks fly, don't they? We can, but, you know, we learn from one another as Christians. We encourage one another. We challenge one another. And so we should challenge each other. We encourage one another. And it's really good to, to be sharpened by others. Uh, in the life of our church, we offer life groups. These are small base groups, not just to do Bible studies, but to share, encourage, learn together and encourage one another across the whole life of a week. And I would encourage you, if you've been in the church a long time and you, you've not, you're not in one of our groups, then to think about joining one or even starting one. So let me say, so both myself and Helen are in a life group. So my wife, Helen, we're in life groups. Uh, Pastor Andy and his wife, um, we're in, Penny, we're in, life, we're in life groups. We feel it's that important. Uh, uh, so, uh, so in our leadership team. Carl and Becca, elders in our church, in a life group, run, run life groups. Uh, my Helen leads the life, leads the life group. And uh, uh, Bola and his wife Deborah, again, in a life group. We, 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 so I'm not saying that to say, oh, look at us. Uh, please all pat us on the back. Aren't we wonderful? I'm just saying we believe it's that important for iron to sharpen iron. And I have to say, on a Monday, when I go to the life group, I don't, and I don't always lead. I sometimes sit and listen and enjoy. Sometimes I do. It's brilliant. I'm 40 years a Christian. I've done and led life groups all these years. Still in one. And it's brilliant because iron sharpens iron. And I've come away from that, the life group on a Monday night and I've thought to myself, wow, it's all, this one, I'm in a guys one. It's all guys in the group. We've got lots of mixed groups. But in this group, I've come away often and thought, I'm, I'm amazed at the, how open men have been. I'm, I'm in awe of... Sometimes I come away and I feel a bit tired and I think, oh, dear me. But, there are, but, but generally speaking, iron sharpens iron. I would encourage you to join and be part of one of our groups somehow, somehow. And if you find that time is difficult, and I get that, 
then affiliate to one and get when you can, even if it's once in a month or something like that. I'm not watering it down. I'm just saying that we're making it so that you can be part of something. So, you know, conversational prayer, relying on the Holy Spirit, you know, getting hold of the Word of God so it grips me, uh, joining others, uh, worshipping together. And as, as we build, coming repentance, revelation and realisation, you'll find that there's a rhythm and a flow. And then what happens is, you begin to find that you, be, you, you, you continue to be fresh as we come daily, weekly. You, you'll find that you will be fresh. Your Christian walk will be fresh. Jesus will be fresh to you. The Holy Spirit will be, become fresh to your heart and life. We've, the danger is don't go stale because if you leave it, it will rot. And we want to stay fresh so that we have a new song. What is your song? Let's pray together. God bless you. Thank you so much going to stop there. The worship team are going to come. We're going to close. We're going to seal what we, what we shared this morning through worship as we sing together. But I want to just say to you this morning, what is your song? What is your song, the, your life? What sort of, is it fresh? Are you fresh today? Do you want to be fresh? Come before God. Bring your heart. Bring your life. Open up your heart to him. God loves you. God's a great God. If you've never trusted him for the very first time, then this morning, give God your heart and life and say, God, Lord Jesus, forgive me for living for myself but I want to give my heart and life to you. We can do that this morning. Father God, we thank you. We, we, can we, should we stand together? Can we stand together, rather? We give our hearts and lives to you. And uh, I'm going to ask, so symbolic acts are very powerful. And uh, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm going to invite you. But it, uh, you know, in America, they'll do this. They'll put their hand on the heart for the stars and stripes. This is my heart. My heart's in it. But there's something about identifying our heart this morning. So if you feel comfortable and you can, just identify. Would you put your hand on the heart? I'm inviting you to just say, we're going to just pray a prayer about our hearts before God. And uh, often in worship, uh, my hand will be often on my heart as I'm, I'm identifying my heart before God, giving God my heart. That's all we're doing this morning. Father God, you see us this morning. We're opening up our hearts. Some of us this morning, we, we acknowledge that, you know, it's a bit stale. Finding the walk a challenge. Circumstances put me down, hemmed me in. I'm upset, pain. So I'm opening up my heart to you. Holy Spirit, come in, flood, and help me. Father God, we're here this morning because I just acknowledge so many other things have caught my heart. I'm taken up with other projects, haven't got the time, too much to do. Some of it very legitimate, but I just want to acknowledge that maybe I'm taken up by stuff and other things too much. And so I'm opening up my heart to you and say, help me, Holy Spirit, as I come back to you. Father God, my hand is on my heart because I'm saying, forgive me for living for me, following other religion, following other faith, following other gods, living for myself, putting myself first. Take so a U-turn and say, I'm going to turn my life around and give my heart and life to you, the living God, Jesus, the living God, the Lamb upon the throne, the one true God, Father God. And we open up our hearts to you this morning as we say, Father God, forgive me. I believe in you. I give my life to you. I entrust my whole heart to you. We entrust our families, our children, our lives, our church, our today, our tomorrow. We entrust our past to you. Oh God, what I've come from and where I'm going to, we give our hearts and lives to you. May we be filled afresh with your spirit and that we might be renewed this morning in the name of Jesus, that we might be released in a new song 
a fresh song of experience today. I pray, Father God, for a fresh release upon all of us and through us in this congregation amongst us today. Those that have not been able to make it here, if they're going to listen, listening, if you're listening to this on a podcast or online or whatever it is, I pray that you might feel the power of the Holy Spirit being released in you and through you as you give our hearts to you. And in this place, in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.